0: everybody and welcome to another edition of design recharge this is a weekly program for designers at all levels to encourage motivate um, hopefully inspire and educate and connect hopefully to other designers so thank you guys for coming Uh, Meredith you will be happy Uh, Bethany Meredith is also an Auburn grad so we got Auburn people all around Um, War Eagle but here we have um, Bethany Heck and I have been following Bethany for um, at least a little over two years for sure so I am excited to have Bethany on she's definitely an up-and-the-comer she has a ton of cool interest and she's made um, so many neat designs I think it's great that I would be um, I'm just amazed that she has time to sleep actually with all of her interests so I'm Very excited to have her on, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and kind of tell where what got her to design and um, where she is now and what she's doing. So, Bethany, if you could introduce yourself, and thank you so much for coming and being on the program today.
1: Thank you for having me. So so I'm Bethany Heck. Um, I'm a web designer, graphic designer, kind of of jack-of-all-trades, from Auburn, Alabama, went to Auburn. been a few other places since, but now I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, working at a great uh, web design firm called Cyberloven, so, um, yeah, that's me.
0: All right, so I know that your dad is a designer, and he's also a design educator. He was one of my professors, um, great professor, and so you've been around design all your life, and I can only imagine, because I know how I am with my niece or whatever, you know, End up teaching her about design, and she's like in sixth grade. She has She doesn't really care, probably. <laughs> but she ends up getting to know a little bit about. So, how can can you tell about how you actually found your place, and you know if you were forced into it or whatever?
1: Uh, I was definitely not forced into it. My dad would have wanted me to be, I think, anything other than a graphic designer. Um, it wasn't something that I, I I didn't I don't feel like even when I went into design I fully understood what it meant and I think that's true for most design students. Um, yeah, you, know, you might have taken a design class in high school and liked using Photoshop and you're like, oh, I could do this for the rest of my life. You signed me up. Um, I feel like a lot of people fall into it and even though my dad was a graphic designer, I feel like I kind of fell into it too and got really lucky. Um, You know, it makes it having a dad who's a designer makes some things easier. I don't have to explain to him or my mom what graphic design is, and most of the extended family sort of understands what it is too, so um, those kind (coughs) of things are easier. Um, We always had uh, Adobe software in the house, so having Photoshop and stuff like that, learned how to use that in junior high, um, which kind of got me an early start on some things, so yeah, I mean, it, it's not weird to me because I grew up with it, but I know a lot of people who are really shocked and said they've never known somebody whose father or mother, one of the parents, was a graphic designer.
0: Well, I think, and you also talk about, I, I've read a lot of interviews with you and some other, you know, your websites, you have multiple websites, your blog, and, and you have this love for vintage or um, this old kind of stuff. And, and I wonder, because I remember your dad going and, um, He had gone, they used to go to London in the summers um, and take uh, kids to the Royal Academy of Art and do an exchange program or something, and he had one summer, and this is funny, I'm sure your dad will be impressed that I remember this, but he had done like these rubbings of gravestones or whatever, and I remember that, and I remember his love for typography, and I think that... You know, I think being around that and seeing that stuff, I think it has to affect. And I know you have a love for typewriters, which I actually also have. I don't do anything with them either. Um, but you want to talk about that crazy uh, thing? Because it's just something nice. I mean, I have, you know, necklaces that just have, you know, the keys. And it's just like I like the numbers or the letters or whatever. Can you talk about that, and how you got started doing that, collecting that?
1: Oh, uh, I, I, it's hard to pinpoint exactly when, I know that, um, like, the first, when I started collecting wood type was, uh, I needed to do, it was something, like, handmade, and uh, one of the early drawing classes, like Professor Bondi's drawing two class or something like that, we needed to, like, collect stuff, we needed to make things by hand, and my dad had some wood type lying around, and I, you know, I asked him about it, and, you know, could I use it, and so we, I got some Water-based ink in a brayer and rolled it up and pressed it by hand and was like, oh, this is like grunge effect, but you're like doing it by hand because like that's the only thing at my at that time that I had to like equate it to was doing grunge work in Photoshop, which is what I spent all of high school doing, ugly, hideous stuff. Um, but that was kind of what got me into kind of older type processes um, and things like that. And typewriters came soon after. Typewriters are just these. It's hard to believe that that was, like, a common thing with how complicated it is from a mechanical standpoint. Like, just from an engineering, you know, point of view, they're really beautiful objects. They're really complicated. Um, They age well. even when they're rusted out, they look really nice. They're just a really um, inspiring object. So, it's easy. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people get um, really excited about and and want to collect.
0: Well, cool. I like them too, and I also like wood type. So this was is a magnet. So I'm I have I don't have as many as you, but I do have. And I have, think this is a future G. So I have two magnets, and I have other at home. I have other, but um, but it is a it is a little, little bit of an obsession. But they're kind of expensive. So you have I think you said between in one of the interviews, which I think was like right after you graduated. So you probably have more now but um you had like 14 complete alphabets and then had a lot of extra stuff is that do you is that do you have how many how much wood type do you have now it's probably
1: about right i might have a few more than i did when i uh, graduated i know i bought a few things since but when i went off to grad school and stuff and start having to move it then you start really you know thinking about do i love this enough to both pay a, a lot of money for it and move it With me the next time I move, and I've been through a lot of moves in the past year, so I have slowed that has slowed my um my wood type collecting down there for a while. It was where all my extra money was going.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 'cause it's a lot to keep all the drawers, and it's heavy, you know, especially if you got metal. Um, if you if you have just wood, it's still heavy. Um, definitely. So. One of the things I want to talk about is, and this is one of the things where I started first following you. You had won an award, um, and you would gotten a lot of publicity on this, um, the EFIS, right, Longy, EFIS project, um, which if you're a baseball person, you probably will be really excited. And I know um, if you are new to Design Recharge, we actually pull images up. And then we're going to bring them on screen, and you actually can move them. You, everybody individually, has to move them themselves. So, um, scorecards and, and record keeping is huge in baseball. And can you just talk about maybe what role baseball has played in your life, and what you, what caused you to think that, hey, I need to make something that's easier for people to do their record keeping.
1: Yeah, um, when I did the, I did the Ethos League as my senior project at Auburn, which is the big project you do at the end of your time at Auburn, it's your senior year, you spend, it's like the only design class you take, you spend a ton of time on it, and um, the scorebook was actually kind of a throwaway thing initially, I wanted to make something physical, like I, I focused on making like a website and some extra stuff, that I was like, I want to make like a, a book, um, you know, something that I can really, you know, have some fun with the process on. And we had a laser cutter and I was like, Well, I can do die cuts and all this other kind of stuff so I like, wanted to go all out on it. So, um, I looked at a bunch of scorebook designs. Scorebook designs used to be really simple and they as um, time has passed, like the image that just came up, they look like this now. Um they don't they have a, they have more innings than they need, they have more player slots than they need. They don't even really look like if you know a little bit about baseball, you know, enough to know that this doesn't really resemble baseball in a lot of ways, and um, I find that the more detailed they get, the more you kind of have to keep score a certain way, and um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about scorekeeping is that um, you can, everybody can keep score a different way and still, you know, come, you know, they still, they say the same things, but they just say them in different ways. It's a lot like handwriting. So, um I wanted to make something that was simpler. I wanted to make, like, basically, you know, if moleskin decided that they wanted to be baseball fans and make a scorebook, what would it look like and how would it be made? So um, I did that as part of my um, senior project and sent it on to Paul Lucas of UniWatch.com, who, who writes for ESPN sometimes, and he loves, you know, ephemera and minutia, and he's a big baseball fan, so I was like, well, this guy's, like, kind of, like, my, my ideal audience. So if um, if uh, he doesn't like it, then it's not a good idea. And um, I sent it to him, and he really liked it. He was nice enough to interview me, and so basically, Beefishly wouldn't ex- wouldn't exist if he hadn't done that interview because nobody knew what it is, and I wouldn't have gotten any attention for it. But he has a lot of sway, and he was nice enough to um, you know help me promote the 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 site and the scorebook, and so that's kind of how everything happened.
0: So th- you did not know Paul Lucas before this. No. we
1: so, never communicated.
0: One thing I think is great that I think most people do not do because they're afraid is they don't want to contact anybody because they're like, "Oh, they, you know, and you know a lot of people, most people if you have something interesting, they they like interesting things too and they also want to help you. Most people are very good and they have you know they want to be helpful. So this is actually, um, down here is the whole interview and it's really a great interview. So I'm not going to ask her some of the same questions that he did. But just so everybody knows, what happens when these pictures come up, you can actually g- drag your mouse over them and then it'll say drag window and you can actually put it over my face and so you can still see Bethany talking um, or you can put it over the chat or whatever. If you If you don't, like where it is all you have to do is move your mouse off of it and then drag it move it back on and then you have that drag ability if you leave your lap mouse on there too long you can't uh do anything with it so this is your design so it's much simpler and this is sideways right you have to turn the book sideways to kind (coughs) of get it and what i like is that you also included which i'm going to pull the next one up you included stickers yes Wait, stickers
1: sorry. oh the stickers Which... were like um, the the ordeal of the stickers and the production process well many hours oh, arguing I'm... with the printer about the stickers he was like you don't need the stickers he's like the stickers are gonna add like two
0: dollars a book and i'm like uh, uh the stickers have to be in there so in the, you you got this printed not maybe did you get it printed for senior project
1: I got it printed after um, I graduated in December. We got the uh, and the, had them printed. I guess they were they went into production in Mar- either late February or March of um,
0: two thousand eleven. And it looks like a two color book, but is it a? It is just two color, right? The it's orange two-color. and then the black. And but the stickers help you do if it was a night game or a day game. And then what's the? Day uh, night win. what's
1: that? Win, win or loss if your team won or lost. And the the, the win says yay
0: and the loss says boo. <laughs> well I I'm really excited. I have a uncle. I'm gonna get one for him and I hope he doesn't watch it. Anyway, that's what your person's is gonna be. Um, but I did promote it to him. I was like, You should watch this one. But I think it's just neat that Bethany went out to Somebody in the audience to see if this would be something that would I didn't realize that you went to him before You did the whole thing, but it's a really cool. The design looks awesome, and I love the design of the um, The magazine as well, which is one of the things we're gonna get to but we're gonna bring the next one up Which is the website which is the EFIS League is a type of pitch it and I believe it's like slow and then it's a slow type pitch or something I don't yes. know if it's slow and it gets faster, or it's just. It's slow It's kind of all like a trick pitch, like,
1: like slow, like you and I could would like the speed that you or I would throw off the mound, like ridiculously slow. Hmm.
0: Yeah, not what normal is, so it psychs people out, I guess. Yes. But the whole um, uh, background or the reason you created a site and in the magazine and things like that is this minutia of baseball and. You know, I think designers, I think a lot of us hang on to these crazy facts. Like, did you know that um, flamingos are pink because they eat shrimp? You knew that? So I learned that from, like, a six-year-old. One time she went to the the zoo, and they told her. I was like, no. And she's like, yeah. And I I believed her. And so I nobody's going to lie to a six-year-old at the zoo, I hope. So... <coughs> anyway i mean i think stuff like that is neat so you've combined all of this into this one website and you actually wanted it to be um interactive where people could come on can you talk about why you wanted it to be like that and then what kind of is on it and i'm going to pull up i'm going to put the website up right here too so people can
1: okay yeah i knew that part of it was practical um i knew that I would probably not be able to, you know, both in as much experience and, and cool things as other people would and be able to keep the site, you know, updated as often and as it could be if it was a community thing. I felt like it was something that a lot of people could get excited about and a lot of people would have that type of stuff to share. Um, so, you know, I... I went, that was like the hardest part of making the website was figuring out a way to make it to where, um, make it easy for people to um, upload posts and have them styled a certain way. If people upload quotes, they're styled slightly differently than, than, you know, regular posts. That's just boring code stuff. But, um, and but I went, know. you know, I wanted to see what other people could, you know, what, what they know about, i you know, I've been a baseball fan for a long time, but there's, you know, baseball's a really old thing. And there are a lot of, people who have, you know, way more experience than I do and would have
0: more interesting things to share. Definitely. Um, So you can actually, um, I can't remember, anyway, the whole issue you can look through, I guess it's the book that you made, and it was like 121 pages, and it's on um, issue.com, which I love, it'll be up there in just a second. So, you guys should spend some time. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, I'm going to put it in the chat, too. And I got that from that um, UniWatch or whatever. And I didn't know what UniWatch was at first. And then I realized it was about uniforms, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I didn't get that until, like, later in the interview. I'm like, oh, UniWatch. Now I get it. Okay. But it makes sense because you talk about uniforms and how they've changed and things like that. So, what I... I, I got things late, but I got them. Um, but you stayed with the same kind of orange and blue. And then, the um, like, the Jackie Robinson, is this, did you paint that, or did someone else, or how this did that? This is something, Yeah,
1: this is something someone else painted. Uh, and a lot of the people who post lately, um, they, they post things like, here's this painting or drawing that I did. Uh, you know, they want to kind of promote their own stuff and share it with other people, which I love. I love to see this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah um, there are posts from different a lot of different people on the site and a lot of the posts that other people make are things like you know look at this
0: painting it's a lot of it is art related which I think is really cool yeah, definitely okay so then this is the magazine so for your project you created the website and the magazine and the score thing in this huge. You really did a lot.
1: It was a lot it wasn't of quite stuff. Good. The magazine, the the magazine actually came a little bit later. I did the magazine as a action as an actual printed magazine when I was at Micah. Um, we had a project to make a magazine, and I made um, I made it, you know, through the ethos Lee because I wanted it to be something that maybe could actually, you know, be something after I left school. And um, one day the following spring, I was like. Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see if I could make this into a website. I'd seen some other sites that I'd use a kind of parallax. Um, Edit's Quarterly is 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 one um, that kind of uses kind of parallax uh, technique where multiple things are moving at different speeds on the page, or something stick on the page while you can scroll text. And I was like, this is, you know, I feel like this is simulating like reading a book. Um, and I'd be interested in, in doing an experiment and seeing, you know, with this stuff that I've made for the print magazine, you know, would it translate to the web? And I did it in a weekend, and I thought that no one would see it. I thought, like, a few hundred people would see it, and it would be, you know, kind of this thing that I did. And it, it got, like, 11,000 visits the first day. It, it it was like, it blew up, like, way more than I ever, <laughs> I've ever imagined anything that I would ever do would blow up.
0: That's awesome. Well, and I I love how you got your imagery and I wanna bug you a little bit about that. This was one of my questions that I didn't have on your, your sheet that I gave you that I'm like, ooh, after I read more of the things that you did send me, I'm like, I gotta ask for that. Um You you got your images from the Library of Congress, which yes. they are um copyright free and you yes. they are beautiful. They really oh, wow. are. So did you? I because I kind of did a little searching yesterday. I was like, I gotta learn how to use these library comic or images. But I know you can request printed, and you pay for the the printing, and you pay for the delivery, or you can download some. And the ones that I just tried, of course, you know, Dorothea Lang. She's one of my favorite, and the migrant worker. I love that one. So I of course looked for that one and. You know, the download, I you know, it's not three hundred DPI and it or at three hundred DPI it's like two inches. It's like business card size or something. It's yeah. pretty small. So how did you I I downloaded two, two different ways. One was that really tiny Dorothy leg size, and then the other. So how did you go about getting your images because you did posters as well and they're like twelve by eighteen posters or something? Yeah, right. I did my research. I tried. Um, so how did you go back? Because they're amazing.
1: Um, the the images, I found that if you search for, like, if I were to go on the Library of Congress and search for, say, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, all the pictures are going to be like, like what you discovered. They're going to be, you know, 300 kilobytes, teeny tiny, you know, not great photos. But... If you dig through just baseball in general, you'll find all these collections of these big photographic plates of all these players that nobody's ever heard of. This guy in the UFAS um, League magazine um, image, his name is Bob Williams, who's a catcher. That's another great thing about baseball. Um, everybody who's ever played, it's documented somewhere. It's documented who they played for, when they played for them, and what their stats are, which is really fascinating. Um, so if you search for players who are not famous, you can find a lot of images on the Library of Congress that are beautiful, like that like that one. Um, I'm not sure what the full size of that photo is, but that's not even 100%. It's actually larger than that. Um, it's a very, they have these be- huge, beautiful images. And I thought that the fact that they were more obscure players fit in with the whole idea of baseball and I like that. Um, And I like learning about these players as I was selecting photos for the different parts of the project.
0: Definitely. So really, you did all yours through the downloads? Yes. Cool. Well, I know you can, anybody can just get a Library of Congress, and you can get a print, like the Dorothea Lange, if you want an original. It just isn't worth much, but it's worth a lot to your eyes, I guess. But it's nice to know that these are there I'm actually doing a project now and I'm using old photos and I was like "Oh, this will be awesome so I'm including it in I did a little research I might bug you a little bit after in an email or something if you don't mind if you do just don't answer the email (laughs) but it's beautiful and um, I think we have some of your posters I am not sure I can't even remember I was looking at so many I don't think so it was in the promos that I used that's okay but they are beautiful these um anyway they're they're beautiful the posters the way you did the type and you talk about in some of your other interviews about how you love typography and some things you if you can you would like to solve it with just typography which i really like because this is where's that here and i know i'm totally going out of order still etus league but um It's, this is the, the cover?
1: This is a, one of the interior pages on a new scorebook design that I'm working on. Um, So I I had an empty page and I was like, well, let's do something fun because that's what the is for me. It's like I get to do whatever I want with whatever fonts I want and I can do whatever I want it to be because it's kind of like my, you know, it's my escape from, you know, having to do stuff with clients because I'm the client, and um, so I was like, I was like well, i well make a ticket, and make it, you know, about scorekeeping, and the League, and four books and just kind of, I had Downtown Abbey on, and I went to town on this thing, and worked on it for two hours, and had a great time.
0: <laughs> it's funny, because I don't think most, like, regular people don't realize that this takes two hours. They're like, what? You know, like, it's not like making toast, people. You know, it's not like we're just plot. I mean, we have to do it with, but I love that you gave so much extra swipe space. You know, it's just, it's beautiful. It is. It, and you just, every little bit is taken care of. And so it's a, it's a really pretty piece. So why do you like designing with type so much just on its own? I like, I like, I like
1: feeling like, it, even if I had nothing to work with, I would be able to come up with something, you know, just because I have, I have fonts and I know how, I know how to type words. So, you know, I can communicate a message and you could, you you, you know, you could take that even farther and so that you could communicate messages with shapes and all that constructivism, blah, blah, blah. blah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of instances of designer where you don't have illustration, you don't have photos, you know, and you just kind of, you're given crap, and they're like, you know, we want something amazing, and we need it in you know 30 minutes. And you know, being comfortable with using typography helps in those situations a lot. Um, and I just think I think letter forms are, are beautiful. You know, they're they're they've gone through the rigors of a lot of time um, to you know the the way they are. And when you think about how many typefaces there are and the, they're still being created and everybody has a different take um on the alphabet i find that all fascinating and there's so many you know even different versions of a, a standard like Bodoni. like there are however many different versions of that and you know they all have their little eccentricities and and stuff really definitely
0: stuff. i think i mean type can be amazing but again this is something you didn't have to explain to your dad thankfully this um, or your parents because your dad was already a designer so those are always always good things I know I'm my parents don't get that part but that's okay that they, they don't have to um, so with you actually have won some awards on some of your EFIS projects right with yes. or just it's just i mean New York Times or New York magazine i can't remember which one you've gotten tons of publicity um the can you talk about some of that and how that happened like yeah uh New
1: York it was New York magazine that that actually wrote about it, and it was just a tiny little thing in the back of the magazine but they mentioned you know they're they're talking about Pop culture things, and it's like we like these things, we don't like these things, and they're talking like right next to their commentary about the show Veep on HBO is a little blurb about the league magazine, and I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) What is this? How did you
1: find it? Oh my god, like I was, I was stunned, Um, and I had a lot of emails from people being like, did you know that this is in there? Like I don't know, I don't know this person, I don't know how I got in there, but
0: I'm really excited. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. It's super cool. Um there is also um some of the other press that you've gotten with edits quarterly. Can you talk I can you talk about this some of these? A, I'm just going to pull.
1: Yeah, this isn't so. something that I made, but this is the site that inspired the Ethos League magazine. Um, Ian Cole did this site, and he's kind of like the guy who invented the whole parallax thing. If you've seen the Nike site where the shoes move at different speeds, like that was mm-hmm. something he did. So, um, And he... I found out after I did the Ephesus Magazine really likes it when people, you know, take the the techniques that he used and uses them on other things, which made me feel better because I was worried that I was maybe ripping them off and I didn't expect, it's like one of those things when you do it and then everybody sees it and you realize everything that's wrong with it and you're like, oh God. I was kind of, right, you know, right. I was very much inspired by him and I hope that, you know, he's not upset, but I found out later
0: that he's not. Um, it's the best form of flattery. And it doesn't, look, it doesn't look the same. I mean, technology-wise, but, um, but it doesn't. I look through it and I'm like, I don't see where the easter egg is in here. So I was like, you're gonna have to show me with these. But um, <laughs> but so I'm glad that you explained that. So then this one is another one that you gave me for um. Around, hopefully it'll pop up. So it has to do with baseball. And it kind of technology-wise, it goes. And I did not know a lot about Doc Ellis, but after you read this, he he played a whole game high on LSD, and he, he pitched a, he pitched a perfect game on LSD while well, he was high on LSD. Yeah, <laughs> I, and he was a character. It sounds like yes. just as. I mean, there's always characters, but I did not know about this one in particular. So I thought that was it was neat. It was a neat read. So yeah, what about that one? Was were you featured in there, or was that another technology? I worked kind?
1: on. I actually worked on that one. So this is an example of opportunities that were opened up just from that magazine. Um, I got to visit uh, Major League Baseball and um, an interview with them. I got to visit ESPN and interview there, and then work with them on. On this site, Um, so it was, you know, it it was something that was not, you know, it, it was it was just something I did, you know, for fun, and ended up turning into a lot of a lot of great opportunities.
0: I think sometimes with students or when you're you're done, but you're not really in where you're gonna be or whatever, it's so encouraging to see that you doing something that you like got you stuff. And I think even with your wood grain project which we're going to um, scoot into in a minute it even doing that because you have a, a blog called woodgrain.net or wood hyphen grain. I can't remember. It's in here somewhere. End grain. End period yes. No. Is that what it is? End period end, grain.
1: End dash grain.net because ingrain grain dot everything was gone.
0: Okay. End it's in here i'll sit, i'll put it up there in a minute but just her what she focuses on has gotten her extra work or gotten her opportunities and you know again i just think you you asked some people which takes some courage which i think is really good so good for you um for doing that for sure so how marketing is huge for everybody we're talking a little bit about how you marketed yourself yeah. And can you talk about a little bit about the marketing, the ephes ephemera? Because you made some things, and I know I'm going to, oh, this is the thing I forgot. I should have just pulled up when we were talking about. Um, This is the guy high on LSD pitching again, uh, Doc Ellis, right? So this is uh, one of the, this is the, and it kind of magazine rolls like that. So um, let's see. And then there was one more. This is from your magazine, right? yes okay I'm gonna let's go quick but then this is some of your ephemera and he does talk about this in the UniWatch so I'm gonna ask the same question because I think it's really cool too why these cans and did you print on them is this something if I buy this it comes in this can Yes, is if this you buy it, it does come in a can.
1: Um, I printed on the orange paper, so it's single color on the orange paper, and then I have to rubber cement or super. I use super glue on the cans. Um, they're sold out currently because the cans are a pain in the butt to make, and so I've been putting off making new ones. And I also made the mistake of being like, yes, you get 30 pins in every set, which is a lot. It's a lot of pins I had to buy. You know, I have a button maker, and I make them. It, it takes a long time to make that many buttons. So, um, yeah, and have it's been...
0: not cheap either. It just no, your it's first... not. It's a, I've looked into buying one.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was an investment and it's been, well, it's been well used. It's paid for itself by now.
0: That's good. Well, I love the design. That's great that you used orange paper. What a, what a good way, but it kind of has that, um, like shoe shine, old paint kind of it has that ephemera old kind of feel to it as well. So I think that's great. I don't know if you just bought, you found a manufacturer for the cans. I found an e, a guy
1: on eBay who was selling a bunch of cans in the side. I, I bought some of the bigger, I used some bigger cans. I didn't need as many for the pencils that I made for the senior project. I, those um, those are just for school. Um, I've never made any more, but these since i actually you know sell the buttons after kickstarter was over i knew how many i needed to make i got that many extra from a guy on ebay who for whatever reason had a lot of these little paint cans and um then i you know had to print everything out and assemble them um they're a lot of fun to make they even have there's a piece of paper on the bottom too so i have like a i have a circle cutter it's they're they're you
0: have- an adventure A black baseball on the cover and then so you have another yeah and circle cutters are those are the way to go for sure I'm I'm with you on that all right um I think that is so marketing your stuff how have you marketed your stuff and for EFAS League and then we're going to talk about how you marketed your yourself if you don't mind
1: so when it comes to marketing my stuff um, getting it out to the right people you know, did a, was, was a huge thing, like getting it on UniWatch and, and there's a lot of, baseball fans are just the best people in the universe, they are very excited about baseball, they're very excited when they see things like this, when they see younger people getting excited about baseball um, when they see like new design in baseball, um, you know they just, they get really excited and they were great at helping me spread the word um, And you know, I don't feel like a lot, I I I, I don't, honestly don't feel like I can take a lot of credit for the success that it's had because I feel like I got really lucky and that a lot of people got really excited about it and helped make it successful and make it happen. Um, and uh, I get tweets and see blog posts all the time about people who you know recommend the scorebook to other people, and you know that's kind of it. It, it you know it's still spreads to word of mouth I don't get to devote as much time as I'd like to um, you know kind of shilling for it um, but you know it's still you know it still lives because people you know really people respond to it which I'm so grateful for and um, they get excited about it and keep it going
0: well it's great it's really neat idea and then it's beautifully designed Bethany it's it's gorgeous. And just the way you've captured it, the images, the way you did the design, the type, it really, it looks, I mean, you have been told this, I'm sure, many times, but it's really, it's a beautiful piece. The whole set, everything together, the magazine, the website, but it all goes together really well. You kept the brand really well, but you had good teachers, so. Um, so after you graduated, you kind of, traveled around, and why um, did you end up in Columbia? Like, what was the draw? Um, to the draw was
1: to get out of the North. Um, I went to, I went. I spent a semester at MICA for grad school, which is in Baltimore, because I was like, MICA is like supposed to be the best grad school for graphic design ever, it's gonna be awesome, right? And It's not for me. And then I got a job in Boston, and, I thought that was going to be really awesome, and it was not the right place. It was, it was, it was great. It was good work, working on exciting things, but not the right place for me. I don't have the temperament to be in a city. Um, I didn't ever feel like I felt in um, north of the Mason Dixon. So um, when I started putting feelers out about getting a new job, I had an offer from a place in Columbia, and I was like, I don't even know where Columbia is. I didn't know that it was state capital. Didn't know where it was on the map. Um, But, um, you know, the more I looked into the place and talked to them and then talked to other people about Columbia, you know, it seemed like a good fit, and um, it has been. It's been great. Um, So, yeah, I think that people have to know, you know, don't just go to a big city because, you know, that's what designers should do. Or, you know, you have to know yourself. Also, don't just stay home because you want to be close to your family. You know, you have to to work, and working in. There's a lot of places that don't have good markets for design, but I think that there are still a lot of opportunities where you can, you know, have some freedom to move to a place that's going to make you happy and, um,
0: you know, not have to be in a bad situation that's not right for you. Right. And Columbia's big, but it's not huge. It's not like Atlanta big or... um... I don't even know if comparatively to like Birmingham because I know you're from Alabama so I don't know I can't I don't know what the numbers are but for some reason I have a lot of designers that I end up um, having on the show that are from South Carolina or they live in South Carolina or whatever so just funny Um, yeah a couple weeks ago I had um, Charles Jeffcoat and he had been AIGA president um, in South Carolina for a while and It's just a, it it is a, it is a, a small state, I mean, it's not, it's not tiny, it's not like Rhode Island tiny, or Connecticut, or any, you know, little ones, not that anybody's little, but, you know, but it feels small, because people know everybody, it seems like there's a really good community, at least for designers there, so, that's neat, I hope, I don't know if you've gotten involved in AIGA there or not, but. I encourage you to do that if you if you haven't. Um, do you have any tips for recent or for recent graduates if they haven't gotten a job yet, or um, for people who are going to be graduating? Do you have any insight into finding jobs besides? I know just that. Putting in? Yeah, I think
1: that the the biggest thing, the biggest skill that you could have that will help get you hired is knowing. One one good type skills, you know, any 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 boss is going to recognize anything that you have that that is showcasing typography. So if you have pieces that are you know type driven, or you know, uh, make sure that those get seen. And then two, um, it, knowing web design makes it so much easier to get a job. Um, you know, I've I've not had to. I know a lot of people who have had to struggle, who are extremely talented, have had to struggle really. They've had to struggle badly to find work because um, they just there is less of a market for people who don't know how to do web design, and there's a growing market for people who do know how to do web design. And even if you don't know how to code, if you can just show that you know how to lay out a website, that's often all you'll be asked to do. And so that's a that's a really invaluable skill to have.
0: Definitely, I think usability and user interface and user interaction, knowing about that. Is, is, is really critical. Um, okay, now we're gonna. Um, well, you've relocated, I guess, three times in Baltimore, Boston, and Columbia. Um, you went to the Auburn A, then, then Baltimore, which is a B, and then another B, and yes. then you're just alphabetically going down. Yes. I guess the next one's gonna be a D city. <laughs> Dallas um, is next, you- I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so any tips for, I know that you said sit, big cities just weren't really for you, but any tips for somebody who hasn't ever really moved away and maybe was from a smaller town, what should they do when they get somewhere new?
1: I think finding finding a group of, if you can find a social group, that's a big thing. Like my, One of my biggest problems in Boston was that the work environment was not great. Um, And I didn't, I lived, I chose to live in a place that was outside of the city of Boston because the rent was much cheaper, but it it made it extremely difficult to meet people. Um, It was a small place um, and it just, there was, there was, so like I was miserable at work and I had nothing, I had no like release, you know, there was nothing to do to kind of escape, you know, what I was struggling with um at work and i think that people sometimes ignore their personal well bit being when they're thinking about jobs um you need to be you know you need to be happy and at both in your work environment and then you know on your own too and which is why doing work on the side is sometimes really helpful um but um yeah don't don't go and be alone and, and stay that way and fester and be lonely because it's going to make things a lot harder than it would be if you just had a even a small group of a social group um as kind of a a way of getting out of um your job because if you move to any place for a job and their job is all that you have when the job starts you know not being great then it's going to be really hard
0: yeah definitely um i also think give it time you know it doesn't always happen it's not like college everybody's not new in the beginning, yeah. or you know, everybody doesn't have that same kind of. It's a fresh start. Now we're starting. Everybody started at different times, so I, I definitely um, it's going to be different than any other time in your life. So you just got to give it so, give it some time. So I know you have other interests besides baseball and besides design, still connected to design, but wood type. So we mentioned a little <coughs> about it. Um. But you've been collecting wood type uh, since you were a sophomore at Auburn. That's when you started. And I know your dad had type. Like, I remember it in his office. So what was your draw? We talked about a little bit for typewriters. But, like, to me it's the tactile. It's like, oh, I like to see, you know, how high it is, you know, and and how they, they cut these things. And, I mean... There's a lot. It's a tactile thing, really, for me, though, and I like wood better than metal, personally.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that that's what a a big draw is for a lot of people. Um, I like the way that wood type looks when it's printed. I love them as objects themselves. Um, Every piece of wood type is touched by somebody's hand. You know, a lot of the process is automated, but everyone has to be finished by hand for certain small details in the type, and that's really remarkable when you think about it, when you think about how much wood type had to be produced? How many different typefaces were reduced? A lot of these typefaces were made by guys in the back who knew nothing about you know they were not classically trained in anything. They were just guys in the back, and they said we needed a we need an extended version of this typeface like now, you know you got to take this thing we've already had and script it, and um, that's how a lot of the wood typefaces were designed. And it's remarkable how beautiful um, a lot of them ended up being. Um, so yeah, I love I love the way they look when they're printed. I love that you know I love the scale of them. I I collect a lot of big type, which is not necessarily practical for printing in most cases because you've got a lot of big type and you don't have a lot of room. Um, but how big? Yeah, is this like one? that one is he's three and a half inches. I have a whole alphabet of that. Wow.
0: And I have a friend who's a printmaker, and she does a lot of so it's the in it's in grain. They do this with end grain, I believe, right? And so she does um, wood engraving. So she uses these, like she has a whole alphabet she's done, and she um, will take a letter and then carve into it and use that as her carving. So she's using it as a, a as in grain wood because it's the best wood to engrave in. So it's a stronger, it's a stronger mm-hmm. wood. But... She would probably hate it because she's like making all. I mean, she does beautiful work. You wouldn't hate that part, but but she's you know messing up the the five. It some of them still read as a J or a five or whatever. But but it is really nice. That's a that's a big set to carry around, Bethany.
1: If it you have a full it's, not even, it's not even the biggest one that I have.
0: Ooh. So then you have, and I don't, I can't think of what typeface this is. What, this one that I've just put up. This is Futura.
1: So this is like some of the stuff that my dad had, and it was not a complete set. So what the white letter forms are is, um, for one of my directed studies at Auburn, I was like, what happens if, you know, we try to make like new wood letters to replace these, you know, missing letters for this font? So I worked with Professor Morgan, um, and we ended up coming up with a combination of plywood and plexiglass, and we used a laser cutter, and um, we made these replacement letters for um, this Futura typeface. And the nice thing is that the Futura is basically the same as the digital version of Futura that you can get. So um, I just took the font and converted it to outlines and made the um, right. the letters that we were missing, and they matched up really well. Um, and um, this this like. Um, these we made um, one digital typeface matinee gothic. Um, so we've made like a lot of whole sets of fonts that have never been made into movable type before um, into movable type with this process. And I actually have been emailing with a guy in um, England, his name is Rupert, which is adorable. I love that he's from England, his name is Rupert. But he is working with one of his students to um, do this same process. So I've been sending him my files and The you know type of wood and everything that we used, and he's working on doing the same thing over there. And he says that he'll send me a set um, if they can do it successfully. So I'm really
0: That's cool. That'll be great. Another set you hopefully get, and doesn't cost a ton. So how how was their printability? I'm interested with the Plexi as opposed, it was the Plexi underneath or was the, these were Plexi and you put them yeah, on the, the wood. Yeah, the Plexi is the white um, and it, the, the Plexi actually holds ink really well.
1: You lose some of the, um, because the the whole idea of end grain is that it's hard and it's supposed to give you a, a really hard, dense surface for the ink. And it's not really supposed to impart its grain. Um, when you print it, obviously a lot of people still get that. And um, so a lot of people like that. And so you might lose some of the wood characteristics when you print with it. But if you're printing the way, you know, you're supposed to print, which is, you know, you're not supposed to have a lot of impression. You're supposed to have solid ink coverage on your letter forms. You're not really supposed to see any texture in the letter forms. So the Flexi actually works really well. And it's really easy to clean up, too. So um, we got them type high. So we have printed a lot with these types of letters with wood type. And they behave just as wood type would. There's not as
0: pretty. So even bleeding, they were they would bleed just as much as wood type would bleed? Yes. Wow. That's awesome. That's cool. All right. That's like me geeking out a little bit. I would like to make some letters like that too. Um, so I guess this is your whole after you create you had the alphabet, the futura, and then okay. this is with the wood and the plexi. Yes. The original. That's great. Yeah, you really can't tell. Yeah. Pretty, we
1: were we were surprised. We we did not expect it to go as well as it did.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So what is this next one? This next typeface. I don't know. This that one.
1: is that is one of the digital typefaces that we made into a set of movable type. It's called Matinee Gothic. It's by Jim Perkinson. And so we did a whole set of letters and some alternates, um, and made it into, so this is a type that has never been made into any kind of movable type before, it was made well after wood type was not being produced anymore, um, but we, you know, wanted to, you know, experiment with that, and we, you know, I think that it turned out really well, and it's got little catchwords in it, like little scripties and stuff, which I like to throw in with my wood type.
0: Cool. All right, so I know that you have, this is the end green. I'm gonna plop this up here hopefully. And then I'm gonna, in the chat, I'm gonna put um, a, you actually, and I don't know how you got um, connected with Ashley and Tricia um, with the Vista Sands project uh, and the wood type, Vista Sands wood type project. And they actually had a Kickstarter and I promoted it on the Facebook site. Our Facebook site, the Design Recharge, and um, it got, um, it met its goal or whatever, and um, which was great. And, and they're going to be on in late April, early May. We haven't decided on a date, but um, I wanted, how did you get connected with them? And, and if you click on the link over there, that will take you to the, um, her poster that, that she did for them. And they actually, the word touch. Is the word that they sent you correct Yes. or did they send you yeah they
1: sent everybody so, the word
0: touch okay so how how did you find them or how did they find you or they found me um and
1: i guess the whole reason that i'm even that i've even involved in the wood type community like on the internet is um at TypeCon one year, it was in Atlanta, and there's a guy named Nick Sherman who um, was a wood type aficionado. He had made some type with a CNC router and wood, so he had taken some grain wood and taken a digital router and, had, you know, made some, he had designed a font and made some lighter forms, and I was really into wood type, so I was so excited to get to meet him, and I just walked up to him and introduced myself. And um, so that kind of got me into that world. Um, so when I did InGrain, he he found out about it and wanted to interview me about it. It was of the same thing about the Paul Lucas thing, um, just, you know, being lucky to know the right people at the right time. Um, and I know a few of the other people who were participating in the project, um, including uh, Ken, Kyle Van Horn of Baltimore Print Studios, who's also involved in the project. We were both in Baltimore at the same time working on this project. It was same time, which is cool. Um, But um, they emailed me while I was at MICA um, asking me if I'd want to be involved, and of course um, I I definitely wanted to be involved, and so they, you know, the box of type came a little bit later than I was expecting it, so it was at the end of semester at MICA, and I was getting ready to move, and I needed to pack up everything, so it was just like, oh my gosh, i got to print this poster and make it good, and I'd have a day, so it was was an interesting experience. (laughs)
0: everybody didn't have a day right they gave people no
1: no we had we had a lot of time but the, i was just in a weird situation where i needed to move and you know i was gonna be out of pocket and away from press for a really long time so i was gonna have to rush it um so it was pretty funny.
0: yeah yeah no i totally get it so it's a beautiful piece and you obviously used some of your own type that you have um in your type in your collection have you made type the plexi type have you if you're like oh i want to make this but i don't have a type i don't have a type that looks like this can i uh, have you made type or have you done all stuff out of stuff you you bought and somebody it was real wood type
1: The the plexi type that I have, like we've made that digital typeface, um, which didn't previously exist out of plexi type. And if I was still in Auburn and I still had easy access to that laser printer, I'd be using it all the time uh, to make things. But it's just that I've been moving so much and and not had a press or anything that um, I haven't been able to experiment with that as much as I'd like. And I actually didn't have the plexi type on me when I worked on touch, which I thought would have been perfect because, you know, they were working with newly made um, movable type. And I had newly made movable type, but it was away at a museum, like a show in, in uh, Chicago, so I didn't have it when the project rolled around, which I was a little bit disappointed about. But I get did get to use all of my other type, which was nice.
0: That's cool. That's good. Well, um, and we're almost out of time. We have three minutes left. Um you do have such a range of interests. How do you manage your time?
1: I have no social life. Um not 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 that like oh my gosh, I like work all the time and I don't have a social life, but um I'm just a, a hermit and I'm in a new place, so you know, I just I have a lot of free time on my hands and I could use that, you know, in in various different ways. I'm actually I actually don't feel like I'm I'm overly stressed or working all the time now. I, I feel like I'm kind of a slacker. Um, there's more that I could be doing with regards to ingrain and ethos League and all that kind of stuff. But I try to only work on that stuff when I feel inspired to do it. When I start, like, forcing myself to work on it, it it's not fun anymore. And um, I feel like the work suffers. So I, I would rather wait and even let it be a year and not do anything and, and come out with something like the East League magazine. Than you know, force myself to do something every day and, and kind of sour on um, the project as a whole.
0: Definitely. Well, um, I want to continue to encourage you to do your EFIS project because you do beautiful stuff. But I am going to bug you about the Library Con- Congress stuff. I may just call you and ask you about it. I'll try to do it sure. on a weekend or something. But. Um, I want to encourage you to get involved in AIGA in South Carolina because they they really do have a, a really good um, group and I'm gonna I have a friend who teaches at South Carolina and he does some amazing stuff and um, I'll get him and I'll get you and him to in touch and then my other friend that's at another school, um, uh, Francis Marion he teaches the other guy Charles Jeffcoat so I'll get so that you can get in with the AIGA people, because I think some some of them probably have a press. Somebody's in South in Colombia or near there, and then you could geek out with them. And I think you would love to have another person who could do some wood type stuff with you. I think, but it's not all. Um, but one more question, and then I will let you go. How, because you have a ton that you're a ton of interest. How do you stay recharged as a designer like how do you keep it fresh
1: i spend probably more time than than most people looking at design stuff i look at um like i spend time every day looking at a a certain number of sites and web design inspiration sites to look at new stuff um, both stuff that's happening over in europe and stuff that's happening here um just, and even if, you know, just because I feel like when you look at that stuff, it does, even if it's not conscious, it does stick with you. Um, and I think it is important to take time outside of design to, you know, do other things that you like and then come back to it. Um, a lot of designers, all they want to do and talk about is design. And it's it's nice to have other hobbies, sports and other things that you can do and talk about Um you kinda of give yourself a break and refresh yourself when you are when you do come back from design. A lot of things that you do, you know, might influence your design in a way that you didn't expect. You know, you might see something, you know, being in something that's not necessarily a design situation, but will inspire your design when you come you
0: know, when you're back in that mood. Definitely. I think getting out helps you to be a richer designer for sure. Well, Bethany, thank you so much. I'm gonna put put up some ways that you can follow Bethany on Dribble, here, here, and then um, I think and your your EFIS League at Ephis League. That's your Twitter handle, right? Yes. And um, I could tell you wanted to say, ma'am. So thank you so much for not doing that. Um, I could tell it. I still call it was it the-
1: Professor Laurie, Professor Lori, like, her name is Samantha, I call her Professor Lori. so I'm just, there's some things that I just don't think I'm ever going to go
0: out of. Well, I always still call your dad Professor Heck, he's like, you can call me Ross now, and I'm like, okay, Professor Heck, I'm the same way, I'm I'm a good southern girl, but it is, I'm just glad, thankfully, this one was beautiful, and I just wanted to pull it up, I know we're out of time, but what was this? Did you make this?
1: Yes, this is actually something that I get to do w- through my work at Cyberwoven. we do a lot of web design, but they've started something recently called the Ministry of Culture, which is basically a party planning committee, but um, they they let me brand them, because they were like, well, we want you to have something fun, you know, that's more like the things that you like to do at work, so um, they like, this is part of an apron that they gave out for a Thanksgiving, like, cook-off competition that they had, so... Um, you know, this is a, this is another way, like, finding things like this to do, even if it's very small, is is a great way of keeping things, you know, exciting and fresh and getting to play. You know, I think that playing when you're designing is very important, and I'm very grateful that I work at a place that lets me
0: play a little bit. Definitely. And I don't know if you're on Instagram. Are you on Instagram? Uh, I think I might be, but uh, nothing interesting, nothing good. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to put up, this is my Instagram, this is for Design Recharge if it ever goes up there, but it doesn't look like it's going to, and I'm clicking and it's not, okay, there it is, and you can always connect with me on Facebook, um, this is Design Recharger, you can just do Dying Gibbs, and then you can email me if you have questions or you want to talk to me about something or... It's just design, Diane at DesignRecharge.org, and you can sign up for our email list. You can do whatever, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it's pretty much the same things I put on Facebook, so it's not really much interesting. But at Diane Gibbs AU, which is Auburn University, and um, at Design Recharge. So, you know, Bethany, just thank you so much for, your, and I'm I hope that we can have you on and keep up with you every couple years we can just see what other things you're doing but I'm really excited about the baseball thing oh I had one other question about that so did you do real cigars she she has a cigar box that she did that was I I
1: bought I bought I had my dad my dad likes to smoke cigars so I had him pick out the kind of cigars that he likes and then I took the bands off of them and I made bands I had them laser cut and then put them back on and like the second the senior show went down, he had them. He smoked them all. Like he gave them out to the other professors, and they were all gone. <laughs> but I had the professor Morgan help me make the box with the with the lighters that I had branded and all that. But um, Bobby Cox was the manager for the Braves for a long time, and I can always remember him, you know, lighting up a cigar after big wins, and that that's always been connected to baseball for me. And I thought that it would be another fun part of the project.
0: Well, it's neat. The box was beautiful, and you burned, like, the Ephus League on the box, and it was just a, I mean, the type is beautiful. You do gorgeous work with type. Well, Bethany, thank you so much, and thank you guys, and next week we have somebody from the Creative Group, which is a national company, and they place people, and they're going to talk to us about portfolios, and creating them, and what order, and how to craft them for each individual. So we will see you guys next week, and thanks so much. Again, Bethany, thanks, and War Eagle, and Get involved in AIGA in South Carolina. Thank you so much. I'll see y'all later. Thank you, Bethany. Bye, y'all.